All right, some numbers from the province today. It was a lot of information, 36 pages of modeling and slides showing that what we are doing so far to flatten the curve of the coronavirus is working. But the other key message coming from Dr. Bonnie Henry, we will need to continue doing that for some time. And any kind of normal that we return to in the coming weeks and months will not look like things did in December. Much more on that coming up on the program. Right now, though, we are going to take a look at long-term care facilities because that is where we have seen outbreaks of the coronavirus and where we have sadly seen many of the deaths. And Daniel Fontaine joins me now. He is the CEO of the BC Care Providers Association. Daniel, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me on, Joe. You've uh, been given some data or been able to get some data from the province, from the health ministry, taking a look at one of the keys in this, which was healthcare workers that before the coronavirus were working at multiple sites. That was a very normal thing in the industry. Uh, We know that that is supposed to stop, but you have some data that shows it's still happening. Yeah, so we um, actually were the first organization in British Columbia that I'm aware of to actually advocate uh, that the province uh, implement what we're calling the single site directive, which means that uh, care staff would only be able to work at one care home and not multiple care homes just to ensure that they don't inadvertently work at one care home and then bring uh, COVID-19 into another care home. So we We've been advocating for that for the better part of a few weeks, um, and we're very pleased to see that um, the provincial health officer, Dr. Henry, uh, indicated that she was going to issue an order to stop uh, that uh, from happening. Um, but as of uh, today, um, that order, although it's it's there, um, there is no uh, uh, date stamp or timeline for it to actually be implemented. So I know that there is a lot of work happening behind the scenes at the various health authorities to figure out plans to to implement it. But it, uh, in our opinion, is a, an important uh, tool in the toolbox to help ensure that we don't uh, inadvertently introduce COVID-19 into a care setting that doesn't have it already. So how many staff members are still working at multiple sites? I think the number that was presented to us was uh, of the total of 18,000 uh, workers across the province that are working in the kind of long-term care assisted living settings that approximately 4,000 or so of those workers um, had recorded that they were working at at least another site. So um, the vast majority of the workers are working just at one for one full-time job, but there there are a number of employees that are in fact uh, working at, at different sites. And as of Today, unless things have changed in the last few hours, um, those employees are still uh, legally allowed to work uh, at multiple sites as well as home health, um, home care workers are exempt from that ruling. So their home care workers um, can come into long-term, one long-term care home and then the next one and the next one and there is no restriction and that, that will not be applied as part of this provincial order. Has anything changed as far as protection, protective equipment that home care Mm -hmm. workers or that that workers, particularly those that are still working in different sites, have Mm -hmm. to wear? Well, there is um, uh, still some clarity required around what is in fact required for uh, PPE, uh, both in the long-term care and in the home health setting. So we've uh, been working with the Ministry of Health and the various health authorities to try to get some clarity for our members and our staff so that they know exactly what is required when they are having interactions. So I know, again, dialogue and and discussions are happening uh, quite a bit uh, behind the scenes but so we're hoping to have some some clarity on that and as you know Jill um, 
we have to get this right because we don't have any excess PPE. And in particular for um, our members that are working in home care, um, they're in critical shape right now in terms of being able to have access to the, the PPE that they need. And, and up until last week, uh, late last week, many of the care homes were reporting as well that they were just days away from running out of uh, personal protective equipment. So absolutely critical that we get that clear and we don't unnecessarily use PPE if we don't need to use it. Um, and that we're hoping we'll get some, some further clarity from the ministry on that in the coming days. And so what is the issue with, with staff that are working at multiple sites? Is it an issue that uh, there, there aren't the full-time jobs? Because there was also the cost that was brought forward in that making sure everybody was working in one site and working, say, a full-time job rather than a couple of part-time jobs it was obviously much more expensive. Uh, so what is the solution then? And do you see this as a solution once we're past COVID-19? Mm-hmm. I think it will be permanent. I, I can't imagine how the public is not going to want to have this single site directive continue beyond the pandemic because, as you know, uh, you can uh, staff can actually bring uh, things like the flu and other illnesses from site to site. So I have a feeling that after the dust settles on the pandemic and we've cleared uh, the, our way through this, that there will be a lot of public pressure to maintain that. And so one of the things the province did and Minister Dix did was uh, the minister had indicated that the province was going to inject an additional $10 million into the system. And that $10 million is going to be provided to care providers to bring up the wages, primarily uh, in non-government sites, because they were all um, not funded to the same level or, or weren't being paid at the same level. So th- that $10 million and I'll bring those, uh, all the care aides and all the care staff up to the same level. And so I, I don't imagine that that will be rolled back after the pandemic. Um, but those, both those um, uh, policies are, are in the process of being implemented as we speak. But we're, we're waiting for that full implementation over the coming days. And your association, which, which operates or which represents the non-government sites, mm-hmm. are you concerned at all? There seems to be more of a push now, or at least I'm seeing more of a push uh, for people, from people saying, why do we have non-government sites? They should all be government sites. Well, we have, first of all, just so your listeners know, about 70% of the care for in long-term care in the province of British Columbia is delivered by non-government, uh, that either is non-profit boards and non-profit organizations or the private sector. We've had a long-standing tradition of uh, providing care. And it's important to note that even in the midst of this pandemic, um, about 95% of all of those sites across the province, both government and non-government, are currently COVID-free. So I applaud the workers. I applaud the, the staff that are working there tirelessly to keep COVID out of those care settings. I'd love the number to be 0% in terms of COVID, but when you look at, um, you know, we're looking at other jurisdictions like Quebec and Ontario um, that have had some serious impacts in terms of their long-term care, I think our, our, our folks who are working across the province should be applauded and thanked for the great work that they're doing and it's, it's a tireless effort, and they're continuing to do it around the clock to keep COVID out. So I think there's a, a good longstanding tradition of providing some amazing care from, from non-government and the government care homes across the province. And I don't see the pandemic changing that into the future.